Are you ready? It's that time! Welcome, you you unfortunate souls, to the next episode of uh, Man Buns and Jesus. Uh, I I failed to look up what I it's episode seven or something. I don't know. Uh, season two, episode seven. I am your host, one of your hosts, Josh Laborious, and that over there, looking shaggier than ever and a little bit grainy, is Pastor Ben Oschlager from somewhere in the Great White North. It's not. It's in the nineties today. Don't care. Still basically Canada. What when I walk outside the air is drinkable. Gross. I don't want I don't that. think that's a selling point. No, it's not. Fair. Fair. Anyway, uh yeah, I'm Pastor Ben Oschlager from Good Shepherd in Lake Orion, Michigan. Uh and today on on the podcast, on the program. We are excited and uh, encouraged to have our friend and fellow pastor, Brendan Harrell, uh, from the very flat and very corny state of Illinois. Uh, and he is from the state of Illinois, not the state of Chicago. I think there's a, dis- a difference from what I've been told. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're in the land where Lincoln haunts your dreams because he's everywhere. Okay. I don't want that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, despite how this podcast has uh, started off today, uh, we're going to talk about something um, maybe a bit more serious. And, and um, there's kind of a counseling element to kind of a theology element to it. And um, mostly just a like, how do we be the people of God element to it? And that is, we're talking about lament. Uh, we're talking about what it means to uh, experience suffering, what it means to express that suffering, and how God's people have done it uh, historically and uh, will likely continue to do it. So, Brendan, you are our expert today, uh, whether you like it or not. So can you just give us a bit of background on lament? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's it's interesting because uh, the little bit of research I've kind of done into it, it's actually one of the oldest genres in the Bible. So um, the Book of Lamentations, Psalms, all of these uh, really kind of deep theological works are all uh, lament. And they're unlike, you know, some people who argue about what genre should this be? Lament's pretty easy to see because it's someone hurting, it's someone dealing with something that is unspeakable and this idea that there's this kind of um common language that god's people have had to experience these things and to process through them and it's it's really in a very kind of like painful way it's a beautiful thing that there are these resources to deal with these things because i think a lot of times we get the jesus loves you have a nice day and you know when you're in that kind of situation that seems a little petty almost like what do you what do you actually say to someone who's 
experienced the death of a loved one, who's experienced a tragedy or their livelihood just falling apart around them. And you need a little bit more than that. And lament is kind of that process that God's people have always had to kind of struggle with God, wrestle with him a little bit, but ultimately come back to that point of faith and being able to be strengthened through the suffering rather than being pulled away from God through the suffering. Brendan, I don't know if you guys follow the lectionary. Uh, do you, and do you do the Psalms? That, those are two separate questions, I guess. Uh, we do follow the lectionary, and we usually have, so we have a, a music director here, and she is very big into having the Psalms sung for us. So she'll okay. have a, something around whatever the assigned Psalm is sung for that Sunday. Okay. Did you have Psalm 143 a couple weeks ago? think we did okay good then i can talk about it because you'll understand where i'm coming from um so am i chopped liver yeah because i know you don't not even close we do all we do all of the psalms well that's good but we're we're not even in the ballpark of the lectionary so yeah i'm i'm diverted off course for the summer now but up until trinity sunday i was sticking with the path anyway so 143 kind of a lamenty psalm i don't know if it would be necessarily classified as a lament um but it's a lot of david crying out in angst and like as you were talking about those different elements of what make a lament um i'm thinking about what we processed in that psalm and what i've processed personally in the wake of all of the tragedy we've seen in the world in the last couple weeks um and just thinking on those elements that you're talking about, that that grief that the people of God are, are expressing and sharing, and knowing that they don't have to just um, experience the joy of God's creation or or Jesus's love, uh, as as Christians like to so uh, frequently circle back to, like you mentioned, but that they can really experience anguish, but at the same time they're still look, I know you're there in the midst of this, but it still sucks. Um, and, and in that particular psalm, I just remember, I think David says it twice, where he, he circles back and goes, but all of this for your name's sake. Um, and I think that's just kind of a beautiful picture of how we're called to experience anguish, experience tragedy. like. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's not fun. But we still are doing this not fun, kind of terrible part of life together for God's name's sake. Um, well, and yeah. I think something that, that the, the psalm, but laments throughout scripture, I, I think an important thing that it does is it gives us permission to be mad at God, um, and which which I think is an interesting concept because I think our tendency is like uh, to immediately either pretend we're not mad at God or to be afraid to to have that emotion, um, and I think that that probably comes from how much discomfort anger can pose in a, in a like a a regular relationship right 
if you're really if you express your anger at someone in your life like that's a discount that, that's a hard thing to have to deal with um, and some relationships are killed by that right someone expresses anger the other person gets hurt by that and and if reconciliation doesn't happen then then the relationship can go away so I think we kind of extrapolate that to God a little bit and um, that's not what we see in scripture right and and something I'll tell people who are are dealing with with just crappy situations and they're they're afraid almost or or they feel like they're sinning by getting angry at God um, which I, I think maybe depends on how you express it whether or not it can be sinful because I'm sure like it can be I don't think it necessarily is but I, I think what it is critical to keep in mind and important to remind ourselves of is God is a big boy, right? He's not yeah. gonna he's not gonna storm off. He's not gonna take his ball and go home, right? God, God can take it. He, he, forgiveness and grace is kind of his whole thing. So like, you can yell at him, you can throw a tantrum. He's just gonna look at you. And he might be shaking his head a little bit, but he, he's not going to leave you because of that. He's not going to abandon you because you express your anger. Um, and I think that's, that's important to keep in mind. And that might be a little bit of a departure for how we, from how we typically handle anger in, in any sort of relationship. I don't know. Yeah. That's what yeah, comes I think to mind that, for me. I think it kind of brings it back to that kind of classical uh, Psalm 22, where, you know, Jesus himself cried out on the cross and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And those are the opening lines to Psalm 22. I think it's interesting when you start to actually kind of like look at the rest of that Psalm and you realize just how much anguish and frustration and the rest, like the rest of the Psalm gets really serious with the way it's talking about, I feel abandoned. I feel completely like God has walked away from me. And the fact that Jesus himself was willing to express that, to kind of echo that himself, even when he was on the cross doing the, you know, the work that made everything else possible, he still was able to be honest with what he was feeling and, you know, express that to God without fear of, like you said, kind of like fear of that retribution or kind of destroying the relationship. I got a hot take for you because I think something something in Christian culture contributes to this. And it's a freaking radio hosts on Christian radio oh, stations. Oh my goodness. Yes. I, people, some people are shocked. Most people who know me aren't anymore, but <laughs> I can't listen. I can't listen to Christian radio stations. You will never find one on in my car because the hosts are always whitewashing everything and saying, you know, when when you turn to Jesus, your whole life is like sunshine and roses. And it's like, no, that's not reality. That's not the reality any of us are living in. And oh man, but that's what, if if you listen to Christian radio all the time, that's that's what you're hearing all the time. So what you're telling me, saying, Josh, life is great. So what you're telling me, Josh, is that the the breakup songs that you hear on on like top of the pops style radio stations are a healthier and more Christian way to process grief and anger because they're at least honest to your feelings. 
than the radio hosts on a CCM channel. Than the radio hosts? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> Glad we're in agreement there. Um, Might not but, quite you know, be I, to a I, event, but... <laughs> I, think, I, I think you actually... Both of them... Uh, ignore both of them. Okay. Top 40? No, 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 don't go there. <laughs> Christian radio? No, 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 don't go there. What you need in your life is a good old alternative radio station with that classic angsty middle school music. <laughs> if you need yourself a lament, that's where you need some panic at the disco. You need a song about Stacy's mom in there. And every single host I've ever heard on an alternative radio station is probably sarcastic or is definitely sarcastic and is probably a little depressed. And that's what you need in your life. If you're looking for a modern day lament, listen to, to an alternative. <laughs> Uh, go to your your Google Home and say play 1043 the shark and you'll just you'll be good to go. Yeah. And depending on how far you want to go down, then you can flip over to your metal station just when you really need to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Or or just blast Lincoln Park all afternoon. That's uh... <laughs> that's the stuff. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. So <clears throat> we've kind of briefly like said. Well, when people are sad, they should talk about lament. What does it actually look like to lament? Like, we've talked about some of the features of a lament. We've talked about, like, what it is. But, like, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, so kind of, um, there's lots of, depending on how scholarly you want to get, there's lots of, like, technical different, like, mini genres within lament. But kind of the the basic structure is, you can kind of follow along with, actually, Psalm 22 is where, I uh, kind of learned that first pattern and it's basically kind of like six elements or steps, if you will. And the first one, yes. Yeah. So the first one is Ben can to... count guys. It's a miracle. <laughs> That's why I graduated seminary. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I think as far as I know, and Josh, you might've beat me on this. As far as I know, I have the highest math score on the GRE coming into seminary of anyone in our class. That's because you actually knew the other math that none of us so did. So did I. <laughs> oh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Brendan, you were going to say something of value. <laughs> well, let's get back to the first step then. <laughs> step one. Well, we kind of already covered that, and that's just like the bringing the complaint or the issue and just being honest with it, like talking to God about what's bothering you, whether it's something that's happened, whether it's how you're feeling towards him, if you feel he's far away from you, if you feel he's abandoned you, and just kind of being honest with what is the issue and actually, um, you know, complaint, complaining about it a little bit, telling God exactly what's up and what you're feeling. But then from there, you don't just like stay there. You move into um, affirming God's holiness, which is kind of that sense of even though you might be angry at God, even though you might be, you know, ready to flip a table or however angry you actually might be. Punch a wall. God is God is still holy. He's still good. He's still loving and just kind of slowing down to actually reaffirm that that he is perfect there's nothing wrong with him that the things you're feeling aren't a reflection on the reality of who he is and being able to kind of parse that out a little bit is an important step of not letting our experience start to color our image of who god really is but actually allowing 
you know, the scriptural witness of who is God in his holiness to be begin to kind of challenge what we're feeling a little bit, but also still we were already honest with what we felt before. So kind of, you know, beginning to let that rumble around inside of us. And then step three is when we begin to actually look at what does that look like in the history of God's story? So we look back at the story, you know, of what, how has God been faithful to people in the past? How has he delivered people? How has he interacted with people? And instead of just kind of staying with that abstract idea of God is holy, we can actually be like, well, God is holy. He was faithful to his people. He has been faithful to his people. And, you know, that can be from scripture, but we can also think back on our own lives where God has been faithful to us and gotten us through things and kind of begin, you can kind of start to see the movement of where we start from this complaint. And now we're starting to dig into, you know, who is God? What has he done? And how does that reality affect what I'm feeling now? And then we get to the fourth step, which is to remember who we are before God. Remember our place before him. Because no matter how justified we might feel, we aren't holy. We aren't good. We are sinful people and we have made mistakes. And just kind of realizing that even in our angst, in our anger, in our frustration, our sadness, that we are still a sinner before a holy God. And that, that you know, that's a little bit humbling because if we go from our anger where we feel very self-justified to realizing, well, I am a sinner. I am, you know, at the feet of God. To the conclusion that you don't deserve better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and still, you know, it's kind of the process. We don't just jump straight there, but we're kind of working our way through who God is and where now I belong before him. And from that place of kind of realizing what we felt, who God is, what he's done, and who, where we belong in front of him, then you move on to actually praying for deliverance. Because you've done all the kind of the groundwork to prepare yourself to be able to ask God for that deliverance. Ask him to take away whatever is. Yeah, that's, that's five. Yes. Yeah, ask him for that deliverance from whatever's you know, weighing you down, whatever you're struggling with knowing that he is holy, you can kind of pull back on all those extra steps of who he is, that he is going to answer you, he's going to deliver you, and you can ask for that, actually. And then kind of that first, or the last step, step six, is to kind of wrap it up with standing on the promises of God. So kind of looking back on what does he actually promise to do for you? What does he promise to give you? And, um, I think the ending of Habakkuk is actually a really great example of that, where there's this, the last chapter of Habakkuk is this really kind of actually terrifying psalm or hymn talking about God dealing in his righteous wrath and his anger. And at the very end, it says Habakkuk was about ready to fall over dead because he was so terrified. But he says, even if everything's falling apart, well, this is my paraphrase, so don't quote me on this, but even if everything's falling apart, the flowers fade, the cattle die, everything is falling apart, I will praise the Lord. And just kind of, even when everything's going wrong, I'm going to hold on to this promise. And that's a dynamic cycle. So when you look through the other Psalms, that doesn't always like stick to that exact order, but those elements are always kind of there to help us process from that place of anger and angst and frustration to a place of saying, 
I can hold on to these promises. I am going to hold on to these promises, even if the rest of my life is falling apart. And that's kind of the, the really big picture overview of how laments helps us kind of process through all of this stuff. Well, as, as you're stepping through those, something that came, like, just kept coming to my mind is the reality of, of how difficult going through this on your own would be, right? Because if you're trying to go from a complaint to affirming God's holiness, like, if you're in the midst of suffering, whatever form that, you know, you lost someone, you got some really bad news, you lost your job, whatever you're lamenting, to in the middle of that set, like turn to instead praise God for his holiness, like that, that I think is a really difficult thing to kind of self-motivate. And going through all these steps, it struck me how critical being in a Christian community is for these kind of steps, right? So like, I, and and if you're in this group, you'll know that I'm talking about you. But um, there's a small group in my church who they they do stuff like this. They've they've been together since a few weeks after I got here, and they've met almost every week since. And they have this kind of, of thing where if one of them is suffering, they bring it to the group, and and then the like. That, that complaint, that honest complaint, that's what the one person brings to the group. And then the rest of the group can help them walk, not necessarily through all six, like they don't sit and they do a process, but you know, you'll have people in the group who, who will remind them of how holy God is. And, and you'll have people who will help look at the big picture and say, well, God has, has worked in this way before. He's dealt with this kind of thing before. Um, and, and they'll take them through all six steps through different members of the community. And, and what, when, when I hear you describe these six steps and, and we ask kind of how do we deal with lament, I think two of the things that really come to mind, like if you want to prepare yourself to deal with lament, build up that Christian community because it's really hard to seek out when you need it. Definitely. If it's not already there. And then the other thing is like, no, this is going to sound so pastory, but I guess I'm a pastor. So I think that's fair game. <laughs> no, know your Bible, right? It's really hard to, to remember what God has done when people have suffered in the past. If you're not reading those stories, right? Um, if you're if you're not reading the story of how David dealt with his son betraying him or his or you know or different characters dealing with loss job losing everything how did he deal with that and how did god treat him in the midst of that uh, if you don't know these stories if you're not reading these stories it's a lot harder for you to remember these stories when you're in a in a similar kind of situation so yeah definitely that, yeah yeah. Yeah. And I think also just reading the actual laments, I think sometimes we, we open them up and go, Ooh, that doesn't sound happy and go lucky. Let me put that back on the shelf and, you know, flip over to Jesus healing somebody or Let something. Let me get like my, that. my just new Testament. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even like the book of lament itself is a huge book that, you know, 90% of the book is kind of depressing, 
but at the very heart of the book in um because it's actually set up as a chiasm where the very heart of the oh, book you got to define that you got to define <laughs> that yeah i was gonna we're say, math people that's need, a literature define... word yeah so so a, a chiasm means that you have basically two parts or however many parts that balance the centerpiece so you have if you think of two parts you have the centerpiece and then you have two more parts coming after and that's kind of the way um lament is the lamentation sorry is set up i want to throw something this is for my future self okay if you're in my congregation and you're listening to this don't come in on sunday morning and start talking smack about how i didn't know what a chiasm is i have full <laughs> awareness what a chiasm is I was making sure it got defined for anyone listening who doesn't. So don't you come at me. <laughs> don't do it. Continue, Brendan. You just got to lay the groundwork there. <laughs> I got to lay down some rules here. Otherwise, I'm going to get so much smack talk on Sunday mornings, I won't have time to preach. <laughs> well, we wouldn't want that. So maybe <laughs> well, you can just make... some people might. <laughs> Maybe you'll just make your next sermon an actual chiasm and see if anybody notices. Oh, that would be that would be something. It's not. It's already written and it's not. But yeah, well, I guess this won't release till next week. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, but the the Book of Lamentations is written in that chiasm, and it has this really really hopeful message right there in the center of the lament. And I think that's kind of an image of experiencing this. Because I think when you laid out in like the six steps, it seems like when you get to the end, woohoo, I'm healed. I, you know, I'm not struggling anymore. But looking at the different laments throughout scripture, they're all structured a little differently, but they all have the same elements. And Lamentations has that, you know, that aff affirming, holding on to the promises right in the center of the book. And then you have, you know, two more chapters of going right back to feeling like despondent and abandoned off in Babylon without anybody to help you. And that's kind of the experience of lament is that you're constantly cycling through all of these steps and it's through the cycles that you get, you're able to more firmly hold on to the promises. And it's not just something that you do once and you're done, you're healed, but like, this is a constant pattern that we can process through the things we experience. Hey Josh, you know what this sounds like to me? What? This sounds like a nice bottle of whiskey and a, a bag of cat feces. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um did, no did, right in the middle. <laughs> did either of you take uh the crisis intervention class at the seminary? Yes. Yeah. Well one of the big things I took away from that class that you know you're talking about a Venus cycle is there has to be a like a longevity I'm flipping. So this is the community's response to someone who's struggling with a lament. They realize that just because they get through it once and you pray, you pray with them and you, you experience this cycle with them once doesn't mean they're done. Yeah, that's very so important. Our role as, as community is to continue to reach out. Um, and I, this is a gift of technology because it, when it's not our lives, I, it fades. You, you forget about it because it's not something you're dealing with. So set a reminder. Like I'll tell you right now, there are a couple members of my congregation who lost people in the past few months, 
and I have a reminder in my phone that is set, um, I think it's every three months, I just get a little reminder, check in with, and I just have the person's initials, so, you know, if someone sees my calendar, it's not, doesn't set off yellow flags or anything, but I know who they are, and, and I, I just reach out and, and see if they want to meet or, or just tell them I'm praying for them, that kind of stuff. Um, and the reason I do it on, on that three-month basis is that'll hit all the major anniversaries because anniversary, especially in that specific circumstance of losing a loved one, anniversaries can be very, very difficult. Um, but as a community, if, if someone close to you, if someone in your circle is lamenting, don't, don't just support them once. Like it's a continual thing. Um, Definitely. Anything smart to say to that, Benjamin? <laughs> no, I thought my dog was about to throw up, so I was keeping an eye on her. Is it a carpeted room? Yes. Oh, yep, yep. That's a good reason to pay attention. Yep. So I apologize for zoning out there, but uh, it's okay. I was just making fun of your your beard. I know. Uh, no, like I I think your point is a good one that like lament is not something that necessarily just happens once. It's not like you go through that cycle. You know, especially in the case of losing someone incredibly close to you, um, especially like immediate family, um, or for uh, for dog owners or or pet owners, like losing a pet can oftentimes feel like losing a member of the family too. And so, you know, as ridiculous as it sometimes may seem, like those kinds of anniversaries and um and significant dates and holidays um can be incredibly important for us to to circle back and help people again along the same process of lament um i'll tell you and i i hope i don't i hope certain blog sites don't get a hold of this podcast because <laughs> we might regret it um it's in my we have a uh sheet i shouldn't say a sheet it's like four pages of ministry policies that in my first couple months I, I wrote it up and i took it to the elders and said can we agree to operate according to these policies right so uh marriages baptisms all, all that like it sets like here's how we do it here's who we do it for here's who we're here's who we have some questions for um and in the section on funerals, it, it's in there that we're we're okay with doing pet, pet funerals for people who are suffering um, when they lost the pet. Or, or I don't think it's we will do them. I I think we it's up to pastoral discretion. So I have the freedom to do that. Um, Way to live in your freedom of the gospel. I do hey, my best. It's an opportunity to preach the gospel. Yeah. Right? And and it gives me a, a cheap opportunity to talk about um, new creation, which is a good... <laughs> that's I've, I'll take it. I've tried to mention that a few times to like some of our older members, and they're like, what? What are you talking about? It's like heaven, but more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to be fair... To be fair, to be fair, um, 
Brendan probably doesn't get that. We've lost him. Um, the the Hebrew word for heavens just means a place beyond our reach. So like the fact so that the we, top shelf. Yes. Um, Classic. Uh, <laughs> so the like the the way that we've kind of taken heaven to mean this place in the sky. Um, is not entirely wrong in that, like, to, to the Hebrews, that's probably where heaven was because it was a place beyond their reach in their in their lifetime. Like, they weren't going to be able to attain to it. And Jesus didn't really bother to correct them on that other than to say, like, whatever your imagination of, of the, the recreated earth is going to be or heaven as they knew it was going to be, like, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be better. Uh, so I think on some level, we have to give people a little bit of slack because really they're just reading how, how the church has poorly translated heaven for a while. And, and see, the, the only reason we got to adjust this is now we have Elon Musk and like we can reach the heavens. <laughs> yeah, we just need a, an obscene amount of money. Yeah, that's, that's fair. We haven't and perfected cryosleep though. And maybe, but no, you don't have to own Twitter to get a seat on his spaceship. Yeah, that's true. How... We're we're way off topic, fellas. Yeah, it's okay. Ben, hey, not entirely my fault. Mostly my fault, but it's not entirely my fault. Um, there it is. Circling back to like this idea of, of communally helping people with lament. Um, I think kind of two thoughts that are coming to my mind right now. One, um, the, the community just north of us or north of where my church is located, uh, Oxford, Michigan is, I think we've mentioned this on a previous podcast, uh, was home to the, the high school shooting last November. Um, and so there, there's a lot of people within my congregation or, um, especially within the, the, the church that uh, we're partnered with there in Oxford who are hurting a lot these days because when they see something even remotely similar to what they experienced on the news, like it just drags up all of the old scars. And so they are right back in that same process of women. Um, and it's something that like we have to be prepared for there are going to be things that remind people of their pain. There are going to be things that remind people of, of trauma that they have. Um, in, in preparation for this podcast, not even kind of, well, kind of, but not really. Uh, I was reading. Uh, I was say, we don't do work in advance hey, here. That's hey. not what we do. <laughs> no, this is actually reading for fun, but it happened to be in preparation for this podcast. I was reading Kierkegaard's, uh, What's it called? The, you and I, sir, read very different things <laughs> for fun. Uh, what's it called? Concept of anxiety? I might be butchering that name. If our friend Hayden is listening, he can correct us in the comments. Um, and <laughs> I bet it doesn't even have any pictures. You're right, it doesn't. At least not my copy. Um, <laughs> you don't have the illustrated manuscript? No. Uh, but he was arguing at a time 
uh, where people were kind of doubting the idea of, of original sin, uh, he was arguing that it's kind of an essential for our understanding of life. Because uh, especially, you know, at his time and kind of in the time that followed, there was this general idea that, that humanity could constantly improve and that there was a good that humanity could attain to. And he's like, no, guys, there are people in our world that just suck. And you, even if you're pretty good, you kind of suck too. Uh, and we kind of need to acknowledge that. And we need to recognize that like sin is here. Sin is a, a terrible, painful part of the world. Uh, and there are things that we're going to be wrestling with. And it's going to give us, you know, as the Germans call it, angst is the English translation of his word, which I can't remember because it was Danish, um, anxiety. Um, and we have to just face the fact that there are going to be parts of life that we don't like. Uh, and having ways to process that um, in, in a more modern psychological or in a theological understanding is incredibly helpful. Um, and like some of the things that we do here in, in, in lamenting remind me of things that we're trained to do as pastoral counselors. Um, namely, like when people are just buried in their grief, it can be incredibly helpful to reconnect them to their reality, uh, to help them recognize that there's a world around them and it's not just a, a wall or a pit of grief that's surrounding them. Um, and that's something that we're called to do in lament, right? We're, we're called to go, you, you know what? Yes, this sucks, but there is still a good God here. Yes, this sucks. And, and God, I have some things that I'd like you to maybe take care of for me. Uh, yes, this sucks, but I, I think we can move forward from here. Um, and so just from a, from a perspective of like, how do we handle grief and anger and pain and suffering and all this other stuff in a healthy way, um, lament is beautiful, beautiful help. And I think uh, a tool to help along those lines, your pastor, we, we've, we've received some training as counselor, um, us more than the average pastor, actually, because I think we all, by choice, took a few extra classes in that, um, yeah. in that field. But also, Christian counselors, like this is what they're trained for. Like this is their thing. And if you're if you're struggling with grief, you know that that can be a really valuable tool, uh, a really valuable support for for you um, who can talk you through this kind of thing. And if you're a member of my congregation and you need a Christian counselor, let me know. I I have referrals. I'd be happy to pass it along to you. Um, but I, uh, a question kind of shifting a little bit, right, which I hope is okay. What is it okay to lament and what is not okay to lament? Hmm. I, I have an answer to my own question, but I wanted to see if any of you guys wow. want to jump in first. Wow, <laughs> leading question much? 
Ooh. <laughs> hey, I keep myself from doing it in Bible class most of the time, so I got to do them somewhere. Fair enough. I don't. Um, no, I I think I think the line, and maybe this is self-evident, is is what you're lamenting sinful in that like if you if you rob a bank and you don't take as much money as you were hoping for that i don't think that's an appropriate thing to go to god and lament over right yeah no no or if if you're just beating someone senseless on the side of the road and you get arrested and go to prison over it i don't think that's an appropriate thing to lament that you're in jail right like this this is a right thing that like you have you you are reaping the consequences of your sin but even in those circumstances uh we're gonna bring up the classic musical here les mis uh never seen it never heard it okay <laughs> brendan and i will continue this conversation uncultured then. swine <laughs> <laughs> so in les mis the main character is imprisoned for a, a period of time, a long period of time, for stealing bread for his family. Um, so if that guy that is robbing a bank in your hypothetical is just trying to keep his family alive, I think it's okay to lament the fact that he didn't get away with enough to feed his family. Is that what he should be doing? No. But is he lamenting the fact that he can't feed his family? That's fair. Well, see, that's different. He's Is lamenting that he can't feed his family, as that's opposed true. to I didn't get enough cash for that's the bank. That's fair. That's fair. All right, I'll shut up. <laughs> that's all. That's all I've been hoping for. It took wow. two seasons, but we finally got there. <laughs> why did you ask Ben? Why, why did you ask Ben to join a podcast so I would get him to shut up eventually? That was it. <laughs> what a goal. <laughs> It still hasn't I'm, happened, though. I'm thinking on the fifth dimension, guys. <laughs> I'm so many moves ahead of you that I'm behind you. That's some real Matrix stuff going on there. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You guys can save me from this whole undigging at any time. I. You're free to jump in. You know what? I think we're going to end the podcast here. <laughs> um, Partially for time and partially just so we can let Josh kind of stew on this for another week. Um, I won't, but it's nice of you to think I'm that that introspective. <laughs> That's what um, lifting's for. Yeah. Has been talked about on the podcast. Um, well, oh, yeah. Let's go into takeaways. So, Brendan, because we don't prepare our guests for anything that we do on this show. Um, we always end our episodes with each of us picking a takeaway from the episode of like, if there's one thing that you learned today or one thing that you want people to walk away with from today's episode, what is it? Um, and you can maybe even say why, if you, All if right. you feel so moved. Ben made a comment about horn frogs last week and his takeaway that had to be explained. <laughs> it then became the title of the podcast and I refused to explain the title in, in the description so you had to listen to the whole podcast to figure out where the title came from 
Man, did that like get so many more clicks than any of the other episodes? No, but it had more cons- the view like timer was longer. Well, so there you people go. actually hey. stuck with the whole thing. What's your takeaway, Brandon? Uh, Did you I, say I anything about horn frogs? I'm stopping the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's just... I think we have so many more resources available to us throughout Scripture than we see getting used a lot in our Christian practice, in our Christian communities. I think it's just important to kind of just take the time to teach people and make people aware of the fact that we have all of these resources we don't have to have that you know radio announcer attitude that's flimsy and fluffy but we can have a strong founded faith that's just rock solid because we have all of this uh, resources we have all these truths to pull from even in the midst of unimaginable things i think that's just something i know i've been trying really hard with this congregation here to kind of continue to resource people and get people to where they need to be to have resources for when things go wrong. And I think it's just, it's a beautiful thing and it's also a challenging thing that we never quite do enough to let people know what they actually have at their disposal. Josh, what you got? Um, I think for my takeaway, I just wanna give you guys maybe a, a short summary version of those six elements of a lament that Brendan talked about. Um, so we have one, honest complaint about the situation. Two is, is affirming God's holiness. Three is looking at the big picture, looking about at how God has dealt with it in the past. Um, four is remembering who we are, um, especially uh, our position before God. Five is a prayer for deliverance. And six is is kind of a reassurance of God's promises. Um, so if you need a sound bite for what are my six elements, there's your there's your six element sound bite right there. What about you, Ben? What's your takeaway? I think my takeaway, and I hope this is everyone's takeaway on some level, uh, living in the grace of Christ does not mean you have to be happy. Living in the grace, grace of Christ means acknowledging the reality of the world and trusting that someday we will get to live in the fullness of God's splendor. And at that point, we will just get to experience the glory of God and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And it is going to be beautiful. I'm resisting the urge to make a joke about your physical appearance right now, Ben. So <laughs> there's that. Someday this face will be lookable. There it is. Um, so some prayer thoughts for you guys as we're heading out uh, this whatever time you're watching it. Um, as we're heading out this afternoon is uh, pray for those who are suffering around you. Um, if you can manage it, pray with them. Um, pray that, that God would continue to work through counselors and professionals to, to help people. Uh, deal with situations where where they're angry at God and uh, pray that God would help put you into a community that can support you when you have laments of your own so those are some things for you to pray about as you go about your week and uh, you know what time it is Josh? Shameless plug time that's what time Absolutely. it is 
so shameless plugs if you want to be on the podcast let us know because we're happy to have you um, next week we'll actually be having my brother on um, so get excited for that because it's that could be a that could be a train wreck of a conversation we'll see how it goes um, we're getting and it, history it, nerds and Josh in the same podcast so this is going to be an absolute mess um, and if you don't want to be on the podcast but you still want us to talk about something specific uh, you can reach out to either of us individually or we do have a Facebook page now it's not super active so you can follow it and without any risk to your Facebook feed I think we post like once or twice a week um, but you can message that page or post on that page and we'll see the, the comment if you don't have a personal connection to either of us and in regards to the podcast itself, subscribe. That way you, you get notified of anything that comes up, especially occasionally we'll put out extra content um, other than the normal Tuesday recording. And if you're not subscribed, you, you won't see that, um, at least not intentionally. You might see it on accident when you listen to the normal episode. But um, So subscribe. We're on all the podcasting platforms that are really popular, except for Pandora, because we're still under review. For some reason, it's been a bunch of months. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Ben's making an ugly face for you, Pandora. Um, and uh, go to church. Go to church this Sunday. Uh, if you're in South Car South California, in South the Carolina. Eastville area. <laughs> did I say, what did I say? South, no, South Cali. If you're in SoCal, in the Eastville area, come on, come on to Edgewater. We'd love to see you. We'd love to worship with you. If you're in the Lake Orion area, Ben's, Ben's got a, a heck of a sermon for you this weekend, I heard. And uh, if you're in Brendan's neck of the woods in Illinois, go ahead and head Where over there. Where are you at? Tell the people where you're at. So we're we're like not quite downtown. We're just on the edge of Springfield downtown. proper, in the in the suburbs here, but it's about a a three minute drive to the cornfields. So okay. Oh, good, good, nice, yeah. nice, yeah, good. All right. There, I think there's literally cornfields surrounding the Menards here. Okay. But That's such a go, Midwest thing to say. <laughs> before we go, Brendan, is there anything else that you want people to find of yours? Of us, uh. Well, we do actually do our own podcast here with the three pastors here called Pastors Unplugged. So if if you are listening to this podcast and you still need more podcast in your life, you can uh, find us on Pastors Unplugged where we just kind of talk about our sermons going on here and random stuff going on in the cornfields. So, you know, you can check that That's out. That's why it's unplugged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is no power. So you might as well just unplug it. The recording's actually silent because they're all unplugged and you, the mics aren't working. But that's... Yeah. You sometimes hear some clicks and that's about all that you get. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we actually managed to do this podcast because I'm pretty sure that the internet has not reached that part of Illinois yet. It's still just <laughs> boring. Well, I've actually got some uh, pigeons flying around holding the antennas right now. So. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, all right, guys, with that, that image solidly in your minds, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. <laughs>